here to all the listeners. Welcome to season one, episode one of What It Takes to Thrive. Today, we're going to dwell into the power of mindset. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by a very special guest, one of my best friends, Samantha Alfred. She is a mid-sized fashion and beauty influencer, revolutionizing the spectrum of social media and the conversations surrounding body positivity and a healthy mindset. Without further ado, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great, and I'm so honored to be here today. As you guys might not know, Andrew's one of my best friends, and I was informed on this journey from the very beginning, and I'm so proud of you. And yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) Having you here, Sam, means a lot, especially because you are someone who's had a driving force in my own journey. I want you to know that your influence extends far past your social media presence, particularly your TikTok. I love your approach to life, setting goals, focusing on mental and physical health. It truly serves as an empowering example for countless individuals. To kick things off, I would love to talk about where you got this incredible mindset and unwavering positivity and where it first took root in your life. It was definitely challenging. I can't say it's always been an easy road for me. Entering 2022 in January, it was almost my New Year's resolution to just start feeling more comfortable with myself and my body because I grew up a smaller size, I dealt with an eating disorder, and I was just really uncomfortable being in a bigger body than I'm used to. I wasn't familiar with the platform TikTok. My fiance's little cousins introduced me to the platform, and I kind of just like got started as a joke, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to post myself. I love fashion. It's always been a huge part of my life. And I just slowly started posting here and there. The videos got some traction. I got really positive feedback, which overall like helped my confidence. And then it just slowly kind of was like a tumbleweed. It kept going into something bigger and bigger. I felt more inspired and just the responsibility of like influencing and making sure that I'm bringing a positive impact on others. I just knew there was something missing within the realm I'm in, you know, mid-sized fashion. It's not technically plus size. It's not a smaller average size. I just wanted someone to be able to represent the community. I have my days where, you know, I have like a little bit of a more negative mindset, but at the end of the day, I just kind of think back of who I was and how far I came. And just always want to make sure that I'm being authentic and just showcasing that everybody is beautiful. <laughs> Amen to that. And thank you again, Sam, for being part of the first episode of What It Takes to Thrive. Your journey is starting from ground zero, persisting through the many challenges while also focusing on personal growth has been undeniably inspiring. And not only that, but your presence highlights the crucial aspects often overlooked in our society. You've emphasized the significance of acknowledging that bodies come in diverse shapes and sizes, a stance echoed by other trailblazers such as Rihanna with her Fenty clothing line, as well as many others. Your focus on the mid-body range is immensely impactful, considering the multitude within this category. And it's remarkable to witness the shift in perception, as there's more and more individuals recognizing recognizing the significance of self-perception over external looks. Your commitment to these principles not only put a smile on my face, but resonate with countless others. So I'm intrigued to learn, Sam, were there any specific moments that acted like a catalyst to say, hmm, it's time to delve deeper into social media? And what was that turning point to say, oh my goodness, 
TikTok is where I'm meant to be. I would say it was around spring of 2022. I just saw the continuous growth in my analytics, whether it be likes, views, followers. And I also made sure to do a check-in with myself and make sure it was bringing me joy and motivation was the main thing. Like I wanted to make sure I was listening to my brain. If it was giving me this happiness and filling my cup, I was going to give it 110%. And that's kind of when things took off. I started manifesting. Brands started reaching out to me for gifted collaborations and paid collaborations, which made me realize, oh, I can make a living out of this and working with my dream brands. I was a huge YouTube watcher. I loved watching the beauty influencers and stuff like that. And I almost feel as though I manifested this life for myself. I had a lot of people even telling me like they could envision me doing this. So maybe they also manifest this lifestyle for me. I'm not sure. The pivotal point was definitely spring of 2022 when brands started to notice me and I started, you know, being able to make an income off of TikTok. I really think this reestablished the profound significance of your voice, particularly in areas that you're deeply passionate about. You have literally transformed what seems like a dream to so many into your lived reality, achieving remarkable success. I'm absolutely fascinated in your collaborations you've engaged in. Do you mind sharing some outstanding brands that you had the pleasure of working with? Yeah, of course. So some of the very first brands I got to work with were L'Oreal Paris, MAC Cosmetics, Dynamite Clothing, H&M Clothing, Skims by Kim Kardashian, Princess Polly. Those are some of the bigger brands I have worked with and they've definitely opened up a lot of opportunities for me just by even being able to post and have other brands see that. It actually helps me a lot to gain more brand deals. Honestly, like your success over the past couple years is truly nothing short of astonishing. Again, congratulations. Like it's not every day that one secures Kim Kardashian's skin line. So with that being said, I would love if you could share some of the challenges or maybe some of those times that it wasn't as fruitful. Times where the limited beliefs loomed large, making it difficult to tackle the day head on. Additionally, Sam, it would be awesome if you could provide any you know, tips or tactics to help our audience navigate those times. Yeah, absolutely. It's not an easy route, no matter where you are in life. Everyone has their struggles that I dealt with an eating disorder. So I've always had a little bit of body dysmorphia and just feeling uncomfortable in my skin. I still struggle to this day, even though I am posting online seemingly as myself and confident and motivated. But again, it's not always that way. As long as you, you know, make sure you are acknowledging it, give yourself just a little bit more time because society has like drilled into our brain, whether that be in movies, commercials, media, social media, that we have to be something, that we have to work this nine to five, that we have to work corporate, that we have to get an education and be this skinny body, whatever it might be. We have to remember that each of us are different and on our own path to success. And to me, to get out of that mindset of negativity and feeling like I'm not enough, I went to manifestation. I know that might seem a little silly for some people and a little bit, woo, like 
she's crazy. It's like, honestly, whatever helps someone, whether that be religion and going to church, whether that be therapy, whatever it looks like to you, I just always recommend implementing something to get these negative thoughts out. And for me, it's manifestations. I truly believe in them. I've done a lot of research on them and I swear for myself, it's changed my life. Like I believe a lot of things have been blessed from the universe to me just because it's being reciprocated in the way I treat others. And I just make sure I'm trying to show up the best version of myself, the most authentic version of myself. I think that's, that's mainly what I do to get out of these negative thoughts is manifestation. <laughs> I used to be skeptical about manifestation, but I recall this video of Rihanna. It was about in 2021. She was getting interviewed and I believe the lady asked, what do you do on days where you don't feel as confident or fearless? And you know, her response, pretend, fake it till you make it. And that notion stuck with me because it's about embodying the person you aspire to be each and every single day, speaking your beliefs into existence. And like you've said, right? Putting good energy out into our world allows for this abundance of positivity to come back. And through putting this good energy out, what kind of affirmations or statements have you used that you could share? First, to really understand manifestations, I definitely had to do a lot of research. Um, I read the Law of Attraction, I YouTubed, I talked to other people that were involved. I've always been a more spiritual person and I've always believed in the universe and I always believed that the universe would guide me to some sort of success as long as I know I'm being a good person to others and myself because I believe the universe blesses those who, you know, deserve it. The ways that I manifest is I write it down and I really focus on a specific. So I try to not focus on materialistic things. You totally can, whether that be a car, a house or money or whatever. I first started with the same saying almost every day of one entire year. And that was, I have an abundance of happiness, health, wealth, and good luck now and forever. I have abundance of happiness, health, wealth, and good luck covering all aspects of my life. And then I would also branch that out into family and friends because I believe in, I can manifest for others as well. I don't want to be greedy and just manifest for myself. After that, I did start manifesting a little bit for my career. For TikTok, I manifested for working with specific brands. I manifested for making a specific number for that month and I achieved it. I manifested hitting a certain follow count. And all that within two years. And I really do believe that it comes down to this power of mindset. Exactly. It's more powerful than we even know. It would almost be a little bit silly for us to think our brains weren't as powerful as they are or that these things didn't work. Our abilities are so vast, but a lot of the time we're limiting ourselves because of our certain beliefs or because societal ideology and just what we're used to or comfortable with. A lot of us are just uncomfortable incorporating new changes to our life or, you know, just being open-minded and it's no one's fault, you know, it is how 
you're raised and demographic and so on and so forth. Our brains are amazing. The power of the mindset is amazing. Agreed. And thank you for sharing this insightful journey into manifestation. And it really does revolve around understanding and taking the time to research how powerful our minds are and the beliefs we have in ourselves. And through your practice of manifestation, it shows the profound understanding that you have of yourself and that ultimately nobody knows themselves better than themselves. And your commitment to this practice over the entire year is remarkable. And I myself have witnessed some similar results. Now, when you talk about a year-long practice, I'm intrigued. Is it a morning ritual, before meals, evening, a combination of these moments? When did you engage in this power of manifestation so really it just depends on how i'm feeling in the moment i did start with a morning routine it was the first thing i did when i woke up i had a journal and a pen sitting beside my nightstand and then i would write the same thing and the date so i could look back and see if i achieved it within a certain standpoint but again it's something that i do often i don't only write it down i speak out loud when i'm driving i'm speaking it i say it out loud to my family if there is negative energy around me or i notice someone is being a little hard on themselves like even for you for instance like we've done this before i'm like you know what, let's take a step back and let's say I am grateful for today. The universe is going to fill me with an abundance. I am deserving. And I don't know, I just always just try to incorporate it as much as possible throughout my day. Honestly, it's just, it's just kind of always been a, a part of me, I guess. I feel like I've always been speaking to the universe, speaking to myself, maybe. <laughs> Well, right, it's like a combination of speaking out into the universe and affirming it to oneself. And it's incredible that when you put your mind to something, it becomes almost instinctual. Like it's guiding you on the path that you're meant to be on. A path focused on cultivating positivity. And your ability to write these affirmations in the morning allows you to get these thoughts out of your head right there and then, and really set you up for a very positive day. And once again, it's inspiring to realize that it only takes having a pen and paper and writing down your thoughts to really kickstart your day positively. Now for myself, I found doing this practice during nighttime, right before bed. And as an overthinker, doing these positive self-affirmation helps me target specific achievements and areas of growth, committing to a calm and rejuvenating sleep. And honestly, if we were to pair both of our routines, both night and morning, there is absolutely no way sandwiching the two isn't going to set you up for success. Whether it's a positive day or not, you are always going to come back to a place where you can be grounded and you can really work towards what you believe and perceive your life to be, regardless of the twists and turns. Exactly. I love that. And it's very true because even if we had the most hectic, craziest day, it's just super important and life-changing to kind of take a step back at the end of the night as well and still know that you're deserving of all good. Just still believing that because we kind of shape our future, we shape our now, and the mindset is what leads us to it, right? 
Absolutely. It's about coaching the mind, right? And you've already excelled at it. As said before, you've been the person I turned to, to navigate both positives and negatives. And you have this innate ability to deconstruct situations, reflect, and reaffirm this path to a positive mindset. And furthermore, you've guided me throughout my journey and reminded me of the validity of each and every one of my emotions and that it is never ever valid to take it out on your own self because directing this negativity inwards truthfully does nothing for you. Wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and we all do that so much. Like I said, society makes us believe that we're lesser than, but if we take a step back and just validate how we're feeling and how well we're doing, you're invincible. You're invincible and everyone is worthy. I like that. Invincible. That's a powerful word. And in today's world, we're this organic substance trying to navigate a sea of influences. And everything constantly shapes our perception. There's just an overwhelming amount to deal with. Having positive self-affirmations and manifestations at our core really and profoundly shapes our perception. I truly appreciate that you have emphasized journaling, especially in the morning time. And I consider that a beautiful aspect of self-love. I did download this app called Finch. And what it is, it's very interesting. It gives you a pet, much like a Tamagotchi or Neopet. And it tracks your mood and allows you to set up your goals and really reflect throughout your day with different prompts. And not only that, but it allows you to look back, you know, at a weekly or monthly or yearly calendar to see your progression, see the patterns that exist within your mood, as well as how much time you had each day in order to actually interact with the app. So I guess that is borderline journaling for me. It's been quite an experience and I'm very thankful. Well, there's many forms of it, right? And whatever works into your lifestyle and whatever works into your schedule, because people are busy. That's why even sometimes just speaking when you're driving, <laughs> like that's sometimes all I can get out in a day. <laughs> you know, it's true. Ultimately, there is no right way. Trying out different approaches, setting it up for a period and being flexible to switch it up if it doesn't work for you. Exactly. So if anyone's listening to this, this is your sign to start. Speak it out into the existence right now or write it down, write it in your notes app, whatever. Text it to your friend. Like, you know, start with a few. I am worthy. Today's going to be a good day. I have an abundance of good luck coming my way. <laughs> I love it. From my initial experience, I didn't really believe it. And for months, it took time, it took effort in order to get this belief. And I'm so thankful, not only your support, but to have given myself a 30-day period in order to really find that initial level of belief. Now, it might vary for everyone, right? There's no specific time. And what I've learned from you over time, Sam, is there is no definitive set of affirmation to work with that some can work they can change over time it really is up to you of what is quick enough to repeat with conviction and that to me just really affirmed that it's possible anyone can do it 
Now, to really dive into this confidently, you have to just have no expectations. You gotta take that leap of faith because I promise that at some point, you are going to realize that you are living the best days and all this world has to offer. Totally, you'd be just surprised how much your life changes. So it's definitely worth incorporating into your routine. I agree on how your life changes. Now, Sam, with your permission, I would love to circle back to body dysmorphia. We discussed it and we all know it's prevalent in various industries and it spans generations. I hope we can delve deeper into that discussion and really pinpoint specific moments that helped you shift towards loving yourself infinitely. And how did your support systems come into play in order to get through those challenging times? Yeah. So I think actually the idea of body dysmorphia started at a really young age for me. Like I remember being as little as I'm going to say like seven or eight and just feeling like I needed to look a certain way. And this was even on the playground in elementary school. I always wanted to wear the shorter skirts and I don't know if it was like for attention or anything like that. I remember I was a dancer my entire life, a competitive dancer, and I grew up with a bigger bum. And back then it was not good to have a bigger bum. And people used to comment this, I used to go home and I cried and I was like, oh my gosh, why am I like this? And then, I think maybe grade five or six, I would go on the treadmill day after day, just trying to get a little skinnier. And then come middle school, your hormones, your body's changing, your mind is changing. That's when I started to restrict food. You're so young, you don't even realize what you're doing really. Like I remember throwing up after certain meals. I remember restricting my diet, working out constantly, going for runs. And I knew it was a problem because I had my first job entering grade 10 and I was working at Sobeys Bakery and I was surrounded by sweet treats all the time. And afterwards I would, even if I didn't eat a cookie or anything during the shift, I would purposely make myself get sick and go for a run because I was like, Ooh, I'm going to get fat working there as if fat was an insult. I know now that is something that is not within the same category. Bodies don't define beauty or worthiness or anything along the lines, but at the time that's what I believed in. And then fast forward to grade 12, the habits only got worse. I dropped my weight immensely. People started to notice and I actually just physically and mentally wanted to give up. I was exhausted. Um, I, I remember the day that I basically pleaded for help. I walked into my parents' room and my mom was there and I laid down beside her and I just started bawling my eyes out and she had no clue. I couldn't get the words out. I also didn't want to scare her or hurt her in any way, but I just couldn't do it anymore. I was still dancing, looking in the mirror every day for like five hours, practicing, and looking next to my beautiful friends who were tall and leaner. And I was an acrobatic dancer, so I was more muscly, I was shorter. 
And it was just something that was never going to be achievable. And I think I started to realize that and I just sought out some help and my mom, shout out to my mom. She is the best, most supportive person I know. She immediately took action. I went to a nutritionist, the doctors, because I just had some health issues that were piling up uh, with, you know, years of abusing my body. And then it definitely took quite a while to recover. There's still days where... I think about almost like relapsing in a really unhealthy mindset because I don't think recovery is like a definite time frame. I think when you have something like an eating disorder or anything along the lines, like an addiction and stuff like that, there's always a chance that you could go back to that. So with recovery for me, I feel like it's a lifelong journey. It's something I always have to stay on top of, making sure that I'm eating enough calories, making sure that I'm not being too hard on myself because transparent, like to be super, super vulnerable and transparent, like there is days where I wake up and plan to not eat. Still, still. And this is six years after recovery, okay? So I believe it's something that is just a lifelong journey and it's super hard. And I know that many, many people go through the same experiences and everyone's journey looks different because eating disorders, body dysmorphia, they look like many different things for many different people. But the most important thing is to acknowledge it and to seek recovery when ready and when willing but at least to let someone know even if you aren't willing to seek recovery because I know not everyone is ready you do have to be in the mind state to receive help otherwise it's just going to be a constant battle so yeah I just made sure I had a good support system closest people to me knew exactly what was going on they knew how to help me they knew what not to comment on so I think it's almost funny because you know now here I am posting my body for so many millions and millions of people to see, I think it's just full circle moment because I can say, even though I still have these thoughts at times, I can say I'm confident in the body I'm living in and I wanna share it with people. No one can really criticize me anymore for the, like to the point where I would ever get to that state again. I love it. I absolutely love it, Sam, because your journey is beyond powerful and it's resilient to walk through such deep lows and quite frankly, life-threatening times and come out the other side is an undeniable moment in time, a testament to your strength, a testament to your mom and the other support systems. And it's crucial to acknowledge that there is no timeline. You said it beautifully. It's a lifelong journey, a daily commitment to yourself for self-care and self-love. Now, your willingness in your mid-20s to be so open to discuss body dysmorphia and that authenticity within these incredibly hard, frightening times connects deeply with millions. Your story isn't just about studying it. It's about going and thriving beyond it. 
I know, and I'll speak for myself, and I hope many others share this same revelation, is that you are an absolute guiding light, especially the young woman, showcasing the significance of embracing your body full-heartedly and finding that holistic health and well-being. Like, honestly, Sam, I have to commend on our first episode your courage in taking accountability and vulnerability in understanding that really it all starts with yourself. Finding that opportunity, falling to your lows, but knowing that you can get back up, find the support and rise. And, you know, to really wrap our conversation up, you've shared such a beautiful story and so much information to really help a lot of people. If you could potentially distill your journey into one sentence, ultimately embodying what it takes to thrive, what would you tell our listeners? The one sentence I would say on what it takes to thrive is live your best authentic life because then everything else I believe truly falls into place. I love it. It really comes down to motivation. Like you said, it's all about committing yourself and saying that you have that energy, that you have that ability, and that the world is here to give you an abundance of love, support, wealth, whatever it may be. But ultimately, it comes down to once you find that motivation, committing to yourself, being accountable, being vulnerable throughout your feelings in order to get through life's trials and tribulations. And you are doing just that, Sam. So without further ado, thank you ever so much for being my first guest on What It Takes to Thrive, for having such an open, authentic conversation, and to really teach me so much about your story. I say, RuPaul Charles, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love someone else? Thank you. And if you enjoyed our conversation today, know that the next episode is Building Resilience. Don't forget to follow Sam on social media at Samantha Alfred. And if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to What It Takes to Thrive as I put out an episode every Sunday. Thank you all. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend and thrive on. Thank you.